From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. Yes. <laughs> you know, I keep looking at you to do something, but I think you've been the longest co-host now. It's like you've just established that that is how that's done now. Yep. <laughs> uh, before we get too deep here, I'll make a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you uh, access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and, or use blind-ninja-studios at checkout and join today. I also want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons. Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoffman Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, Phil Feldman, and Tyler Romanski. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> if you like, is that, is that quesadilla? Quesadilla. Right? It's, uh, <laughs> it's coming back. Uh, if you guys would like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios or click on the patron link at our bottom of our homepage at blindinterstudios.com. Become a patron today. Uh, one of the benefits is you get to watch this live and uh, join in the chat. Well, uh, yeah, when we're on time, I'm sorry. When we're on time, we're running a little late today, but. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Um, all right, Brian. Bros. Uh, what have you been up to beer related lately? Not a damn thing. Um, right. honestly, you? Um, I have uh yeah, so I made it to uh Rochester, Minnesota uh, over the weekend to a little brewery called Forager Brewing. Um they're a brew pub. Um and they so I was I was chatting with the bartender there and it was kind of it was it was an interesting chat. Um we, he was talking about the beer laws in Minnesota. And how, uh, because they're a brew pub, they got screwed out of being able to do cans. Because, uh, I guess their recent legislature, you might know more than I do about this, but um, recent legislature was passed and um, breweries under a certain size, or up to a certain size, were allowed to off-sale 12-ounce cans and bottles Mm -hmm. for the first time. Before, it was just growlers and crawlers. Um, And now... But uh, it didn't apply to brew pubs, only breweries, because uh, they're under different licensing because of the food aspect and stuff. And yeah, they if and then well, that's another thing is they can't distribute. Um, if if you distribute more than ten thousand barrels a year, or I'm sorry, gosh, I need to get it get with it here. You can't distribute more than ten thousand barrels a year as a brew pub, which honestly, like Pitchfork. With the size of that building and the size of the brew house, there's they will, they will never get to ten thousand barrels. Like it's not possible. There's not mm-hmm. enough fermenters. There's not enough yeah. you know space, or whatever. So that that's a great model. Like they know that. Um, but yeah, I mean it is really hard to get to ten thousand barrels. It's a lot of yeah. beer. It's that's a shit ton of beer. So I don't know. It, I'm assuming it doesn't have really anything to do with that. It's probably just more the food designation because yeah. there's a lot, a lot of different stuff goes into the whole like food and brew pub thing. Yeah. So. Um, and then he shared a fun an- anecdote where right after the legislation went into effect, the governor's office called Forager because they've they've been around for a while. They like they're kind of a they're yeah. a decent sized name and they're they're one of the hot still one of the hot ones. Yep. You know. Um, and the governor's office called them. And asked like if like they could set up a thing where the governor comes down and they talk about the legislation and stuff. And I guess they just gave the governor's office an earful about how it actually like how the legislation is actually hurting them because they're exempt from the from the rule where they so they can't sell cans 
Wow, it's not often you get to uh, make the, gov- <laughs> the government eat some crow. You know, <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, you should have just invited him down anyway, and then told them on the spot I, I, during yeah, the interview. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, that would have been fair. Uh, but yeah, uh, so we have a beer from them, uh, this crispy kiwi Ooh. that um, I picked up. I don't know if you've had a chance to try it yet. I haven't. Look at the head yeah. is sticking around big time on it. That's yeah, cool. This isn't That's quite our news. commercial calibration, but it's a beer that I tried that I was very excited about. Um, it's one of the new styles um, in the 2021 style guidelines. I yep. think it's 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, was it New Zealand Pilsner or New Zealand Lager? Yeah. So this is a, uh, like, yeah, so this is a New New Zealand-style Pilsner, so basically a Pilsner with uh, New Zealand uh, hops. Nice. Uh, Yeah, so this is a serious crispy boy is what they call it. It's called the Crispy Kiwi. Lively carbonation was created naturally in the fermentation process with traditional German lager yeast. We hopped this brilliant beauty with Nelson Savan, uh, Moteca, and... Uh, Rewaka sourced uh, from New Zealand. Clean bitterness and gentle cracker malt tones to make this a perfect beer to enjoy with dinner. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. just just any old dinner. Any old dinner. I had it with uh, tacos. Birria oh, nice. tacos, and it was it was delightful. Yeah, no, I, I really love this beer. Like, I had two of them, and they were fantastic. Very, like, tropical fruit on the nose. Wow. A little melon. Yeah, this... Melon, yeah, yeah. Definitely melon, like green melon. Um, and then, like, a really good uh, bitter, like, Pilsner character. A little biscuity, bitter. Fairly, fairly dry. Mm-hmm. This is really good. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it knocked my socks off. It yeah. was fantastic. But, yeah, that's what I've been up to beer-related. Wow. It makes me want to brew one really bad. Also, I'm trying to figure out, like, our hops an agricultural product that I can bring back from New Zealand. I don't... I think when you come back... Uh, customs, aren't they going to be like, do you have any... Did you bring any plants back or anything? Yeah, I don't know if hops count or not. I don't know. I mean, if they're packaged up, maybe... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I got I to do some research. Yeah. Some research, because it'll be their fall, which is their harvest season. Yep. Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, so commercial calibration. Uh, this week we have. Uh, well, we're sticking in that uh, uh, Paul Aner, uh style or like brewery. There uh, we have the, we have the uh, the Munchner Munchner Lager or the Munich Lager. <laughs> I feel like that should be Carlos's new nickname is Munchner. The Munchner. The Munchner. Munchner. That kind of reminds me of this, the, the, you know, Devin Stinson, the Devster. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, like, this is, I think, what they, like, kind of like just their fest beer. Oh, you're not, okay, yep, yep. Yeah, so this, I think, is this kind of their, their, uh, their fest beer. At least they, they sell it at the, at the, t- at the tents. During Oktoberfest. Wow. I need I need some more words, Brian, my, <laughs> while I'm Sorry. looking things up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm obviously out of it today. Yeah, all right. Anyway, sorry. Golden, very like just clear, clear as I don't I don't think I've ever seen a beer this clear. Look at this. Oh, that is super clear. I can like see you through the beer. Like literally I can see you through the beer. That's insane. Um, heads kind of, I don't know, there's not much, not, not much to speak of. Um, 
this this if you want to talk about cracker, like this is just crackers, bananas, no, unsalted, saltian. Yeah, very crackery. Um, there's a little bit of like malt sweetness on the like just, just on a, the back, just a little bit on the yep on the back end, and then, um, just the like very dry. Bitch slapped with uh l- like German lager character. Period. Like it's yeah. Just, that's yeah. Um, there's there's little to no like hop character to talk about. Not much. Not much at all. Mm-mm. Um, like fairly effervescent, but like not. Not insane. Like there's enough to like lift it off the tongue, and that's kind it's of definitely it. yeah crisp. Um, Not quite as crisp hmm. as this uh, no. crispy kiwi. But. I don't know. I maybe I shouldn't have had any sips of this before I did this one. I don't think it's ruining it or anything, but I don't know your Munich style beer. Like I think Polliner is like one of the you know what sixteen thirty four. This is like one of the be all end all breweries for yep. me anyway. Um, but yeah, full bodied. Um, <sighs> Definitely yellow straw. Yellow. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, ingredients: water, barley, hops. Uh, Hollertau is the only hop in it. And then it uses. So is it technically Pilsner and Munich malt? I was just gonna say, is it? I can tell there's Munich in there. Is it technically a Pilsner then? Um, I don't know if it's a Pilsner. I don't. Because a Pilsner would be 100% Pils. Yeah, with the Munich, then it's not. Yeah. Well, go. I mean, I mean that answers style that question. is whatever, right? Doesn't really mean a ton. But yeah, yeah I would say this is this, this is also is, a great beer. This falls closer to a faster. Yeah, I mean, it's just Munich. Water, I think with the Munich though, and how there is a little bit of malty sweetness and and that to it, and I, and I don't really think it's. It doesn't. It doesn't have the 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 crispness of a pilsner. No, it doesn't. And I don't think I could drink it. has like, like a rounded sweetness to it. With that, I don't think I could drink like a shitload of them. I can drink an entire Ford pack in one sitting. Can you now? Right. Yeah, I learned that on Tuesday. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, All right, well, it's definitely full bodied. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, should we talk about our discussion topic today? Yeah. All right. Uh, today we're going to talk about keg hopping. We talked a little bit about it a little bit a couple weeks ago when we came up with the oh what was the style the cold tropical barley wine yeah which you know honestly we were going to try to brew today but I kind of bitched out on Uh, it yeah so that beer is going to be brewed oh did we even announce that yeah no no yeah that beer Ah. is going to be brewed um, and uh, we're going to try to live stream the brew day if we can't we are going to do a live stream brew day in the near future as soon as we can work it out with our schedules Um, and I'm kind of excited about it I think it'll be interesting I haven't touched a mash paddle in years Uh, yeah so if there's if if that hasn't come out, or we, if we haven't done that by the time this episode releases, uh, let us know like what you would like to see, or if it has and you saw it, uh, like what what are things we can do? Because I mean, maybe we should do that more often, or maybe make it like a patron reward or something like yeah, to do like a live stream like once a month or something where we brew a beer and do that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to do it again. I guess you you have some some kind of advanced. Uh, homebrewing equipment that I have uh, really, yes, yes. that's kind of like after my time that, uh, honestly, I'll just be honest, and even in the last five years, the brewing technology is blowing my mind. But like I always say, from starting in the early 2000s homebrewing, I 
I'm unbelievably blown away by the technology and how how all that has played out over the years. And so I'm interested to see what this um, brew day looks like um, with your uh, special advanced equipment. Well, now you're like overselling it. It's what I mean, it's a kettle, but yeah, but it's like it's an, an all-in-one. Oh yeah, it's an all-in-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll like it. I think you'll like it. I, I want to get the new one. Like Brian Bryanson was sending me photos of the new one that he got, mm. and it looks dope. What is it? Uh, it's the it's the Brazil like I have, except yeah. the newer version. It has the uh, they they Stop. moved the control panel up to the top of the kettle instead of at the bottom. Okay, and I really like that, so I don't have to like be on the ground and do a whole thing. Sir, are you going to behave, or are we going to have to send you to another room? It looks like he's going to behave, but I don't think he is. <laughs> but yeah, all right, keg hopping. So, what do we mean when we say keg hopping? Brian, I know it's pretty self-explanatory, but you just want to let everybody know? Yeah, you, like, throw the hops into the keg. <laughs> That's, what, yeah. Before you keg it, then you rack onto them. Um, and when you... When you talked about i mean this is a great way to to dry hop i think this gives you like less um exposure to oxygen i think is the most exciting possibility here um the fact that you're you know in a closed loop if, if you can anyway racking this beer onto fresh hops um but yeah dealing with hops like just in general is a challenge and then you know like Racking to a serving keg or bottling bucket from a primary fermenter full of loose hop pellets sounds dangerous to me. And um, I definitely, back in the day when I was making one after the other Furious, Surly Furious clones. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, 2008, nine maybe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it didn't... Uh, like think about the fact that even if I put it into a brew sock and in the keg, uh, that that was gonna gum up the the ports on the corny keg, which are much smaller um, than you know the 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 down tube on on a keg keg. But this kind of got me thinking when you said you wanted to do this, and I'm like, there's you got it. You're gonna have to have eight million micro mesh screens all over everything because you know I don't know how else you'd. Yeah, my uh, my my first um, uh, Janet Brown, uh, I dry I, I keg hopped, mm -hmm. and I got hop matter in everything and every little poppet yeah. that could possibly get hop matter in it. There was hop matter like in the gas poppet somehow, mm -hmm. in like and like the the other ones got like stuck open. I ended up shooting beer at myself. It was a whole thing. There was a lot of clogging. Yep. That's um, that's pretty much how it went down with me in the we we're in the basement in northeast Minneapolis with a, a rubber mallet hitting the top of this corny to try to get the damn thing open. Uh and there was just like a geyser of <laughs> a geyser of beer. Well, I mean it wasn't even it was like just this green monster came firing out of the <laughs> Yep. It wasn't even beer at that point, it was who just knows sludge. What it was, but um, so why are we considering even considering keg hopping? Like there's there's a lot of potentials for uh, issues here, especially at the homebrew level. Um, like the last minute contact with the hops with your beer gives you all the 
volatiles from those hops before they can gas off during fermentation or transferring. Yeah. Like, yeah, like because you have to off gas and you know when you're when you're fermenting in the fermenter because at, I mean there have been times where I'd been up on top of the fermenter, you know, 20, 15, 20 feet in the air and um you know open the the dry hopping port and then pour it in the hops and for whatever reason um well i mean not for whatever reason the nucleation <laughs> yeah <of the> nucleation <laughs> right i know why i just whatever but you know the, just this this big huge like rush of foam flying at your face as you like quick try to button up the top of the tank yeah and, you know but then that thing's got to off gas cuz you're not going to blow up the tank so um, yeah, you are losing volatiles, and when those volatiles go away, you're not getting the full potential. And I think this helps us, again, like not add oxygen, and also helps um, to make like the best tasting, yeah, beer on the planet. Um, yeah. So some advantages here: uh, you get fresh hop flavor and aroma until the keg is kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about that in just a second here. Um, less aroma loss to CO two outgassing yeah. versus traditional dry hopping. Uh, more hoppiness because like it's it has that constant contact. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some disadvantages, like slight potential for increased risk of infection. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Like the the hop sock or. You know, I mean, you've got if you do have like a mesh like T-ball or screen or something like that, you know, there's nooks and crannies and scratches and stuff on that. And so that's it's a lot like any other brewing equipment, like you got to swap it out eventually. Well, and if you use something like a hop sock or a T-ball or something like that, that's confining the hops, you're going to get less hop extraction. Mm -hmm. Um, Janish did a really good write up on keg hopping and uh, he described it as a as like so if you put a a wet comforter in the dryer right and it's all like squished up and bundled up and you dry it like the outside is going to be dry but like when you undo it like it's still going to be wet in the middle and you're going to have the opposite problem with like a ball full of hops right where you're going to get all this penetration on the outside and like all that stuff but everything in the middle is not going to be utilized Mm mm-hmm um, and so you're better off just dropping like the hops loose in that keg, but then you run into an issue of, well, how are you going to keep that hop matter from getting stuck in poppets and into the final glass? Yeah. And I just, yeah, again, like with how these, um, oh, that's your feet, how these dip tubes work and how like the, the diameter, like I was talking about, like the spike in a normal keg, like if you keg into like a corny that's got like that big or not, I'm sorry, a, a Sankey that has that big round opening at the top and then, you know, the the spike, you know, the dip tube or whatever. Um, I mean, there'll probably be less issues, uh, but you're going to need some big, huge screen around all of that, mm-hmm. and that's what this Janish article kind of goes into is how these Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically you'd need to have, like, so what he was saying was, um, you, like, and he, like, you can buy it now. Like, he worked with the manufacturer, and you can just mm. buy this, like, dip tube screen. But yeah, basically, see Utah biodiesel supply, like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's what we do is very, like, manufacturing forward. And yeah. so you have all these, like, manufacturing companies that 100%. have solved, no, that that, have solved yeah. problems for other things that we can <clears throat> adapt yeah. into into beer you're making a food product like the brewery mm-hmm. breweries are regulated as a as a food you know food making facility basically yeah <laughs> casey is uh being incredulous about this kiwi idea. yeah it's just so good um yeah so 
Uh, you want this like screen around your around your dip tube in the keg, and he's saying like you might need to cut a little bit off the end in order to get mm-hmm. to fit. Um, and so you you are like modifying your equipment in order to be able to do this specific thing. And so is it worth it? Is something you have to ask yourself. You also have the potential for oxidization when you do this because we're introducing all these nucleation points. Well, and then you know another thing is that these. These screens, like the screen rating is, you know, it's like 200U or 300U, you know, I mean, like even then I've seen. You can still get particulate matter. Yeah. And I've seen like different um, hop manufacturers, the pellets like break up differently than others, like just because of the way they were made or which hops or what row. Or even the year. Or even the year. Yeah. And you might, you know, even with these screens i mean they still could get completely coated clogged and and, and then you have a problem so yeah this this just sounds like (laughs) it sounds amazing but it also sounds like really problematic so i guess why not and this this is going to be a blast from the past for you i don't sure um but why not like instead of doing something like this why not do something like a randall well, I mean, you're not you're not going to drink the whole keg in one in one sitting, so you're going to have to pack that every time, which is fine because it's a smaller, mm-hmm. usually a smaller amount of hops. But yeah, I don't know why not. Uh, for those of you not familiar, a Randall. I, I don't know if people still talk about Randalls or not, or like, a Hop Rocket, or a Hop Rocket. Yeah. It's uh, basically, um, and it's glass hopping. I guess would be the best way to describe it is your inline hopping. So yeah, you're you run, passing run the beer through. Yep, you're passing yeah. the beer through uh, through hops or another like flavor additive before adding it to the or sending it to the glass. Yeah, I mean you could. I mean this this was really popular a while back. I remember uh, about ten years ago. <laughs> God, it's <been> that long. <laughs> yeah, about uh, the time we started BNS was when um, Sam Calione was really like really fond of his Randall. Yeah, and then that's what that was uh, around the that time. Dogfish that, head. Yeah, Blickman made the hop rocket, right? Was it? Blick, yep. It was yeah, Blickman? because uh, uh, Dogfish head patented the Randall, and then Blickman created a competing product that was slightly different. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I remember running into John Blickman at some homebrew conference or whatever, and having some conversations with him about that. Um, interesting, but. Yeah, um, where were we? Disadvantages? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so, yeah, potential for oxidation, so, like, I mean, you have nu- more nucleation points, that's an issue, um, and then uh, potential for more haziness, like, not all of us want the haze, right? Well, yeah, and there's a certain type of haze that I'm okay with, and that's one of them, mm-hmm. uh, chill hop haze ha- yeah. or hop haze, like, the real yeasty, crazy haze is... Um, it just I can't drink too many of those, and it you know messes with my stomach because yeah, all the fucking yeast like absolutely. So I don't know. I'm okay with some haziness. Yeah. Uh, evening, Andy. Hi, uh, Andy Higginbaum is oh, hey, in the chat. Um, yeah, and then like you also have the potential for drinking a ton of hot matter. I don't know like if you've ever had a glass full of yeah. hot matter beer yes but it sucks many times yeah and i f- i feel like you know i want a new pint <laughs> you want a new pint you're and like you're just like it's chewy and gritty in the wrong way yeah 
Like, I mean, gritty should never be associated with beer, but it's gritty. I really feel like that's a flaw, yeah. Uh, grittiness is a flaw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I should add gritty to our uh, to our list. Well, then we'd have... A gritty IPA. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we would discover some, like, new-to-us yeast, and Andy would be like, I'm using that one currently, mate. <laughs> that was my Nickel Andy impression. That's a terrible impression. Was it? Oh. I mean, it sounds offensive, but... Yeah, probably. <laughs> His cultural approach... <laughs> Cultural appropriation. appropriation. There you go. Um, all right. So best practices when you're doing this. So you decide you want to do it. Figure out some way of keeping the hot matter out of your beer. Um, if you don't care about utilization, use something like a T-ball or um, a hop sock or something like that. Um, but sanitize that shit. Sanitize like, the yeah. shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have also have seen things where people like put um, rare earth magnets in the bag. Yeah. And then, like, hold it on top of the keg. That um, that blew my mind when I saw that. Yeah. And then, like, they'll release it, and it'll drop into the keg. Blew and, my damn mind. And that way, like, it's completely purged with CO2, and you don't have any, like, you have a lot less worry about oxidation at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, or, like, put, like, they make little um, stainless, like, almost like steel wool spongy things that can, you can put at the bottom of your dip tube to keep stuff out. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, another option might be a floating dip tube. I don't know if that would help in this situation, um, but it would definitely be worth a shot. I don't know if you've seen those, Brian, but there's a float. Um, so basically, instead of your traditional stainless dip tube, it's a tube on a float, mm. and it floats on top of the keg and pulls beer from the top. We talked about this briefly mm-hmm. a few months ago, but yeah, I mean, all that's... That would work great. I like the the rare earth magnet thing is really cool. Obviously, I said that, but mm-hmm. you know, and then the other another thing that I don't know if we kind of went over, but um, there is some um, you know anecdotally like does you know do the the volatiles and the oils and things do they get extracted better at warmer or colder temperatures? And if so, what? Like, yeah. from what I know, anecdotally, like colder temperatures extract a little bit worse than warmer. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're racking, you know, beer into this keg, you know, you could rack it in on it warm and then, you know, like let it, I don't know, but then you got to let it sit for a also, few days. Are we, and, are we worried about over extraction and getting grassy flavors? Yeah. Yeah. Def- so, like, if you do this, this, this has to be a keg that you drink. Like, this can't be one that sits around for two months. Yeah. You got to chop, chop on this. So, I mean, you can certainly dry hop cold beer and, you know, you, you should expect some, some changes. Um, it, I, I, I'm dead sure that it takes longer to extract at a cold temperature. And I remember when we were doing some contract brewing, or I don't know, I don't remember even which brewery, but there was very specific instructions on, you know, from the brewery. They wanted a certain temperature for dry for hopping. hopping. I can't remember what it was. It was. I mean, that makes sense. Though, yeah. Like... Because one of the brewers was dead set, like, no, this extracts better. It tastes different if you. Do it at a lower temperature, and I remember us fucking it up and doing it at the wrong temperature, and I don't remember any differences, but I don't know. It's, I mean, it's probably negligible, but... That's why I kept saying it, anecdotally, because... Yeah, but it it's it might be triangle testable. 
I would, excuse me, I would think so. <coughs> I love those. I think that's always been a game changer. Uh, apparently, uh, Andy is a northerner, not a cockney. And that was worse oh, than Dick Van Dyke. Crap. So, yeah, you're, uh, I'm going to practice. I think, I think, I think you're British canceled. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Am I British canceled? Damn it. I knew I'd get canceled eventually. <laughs> it's the softest form of being canceled. Though, oh, I think, yeah. So okay. I think you're okay. <laughs> if you get canceled by a Brit? Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, no. <laughs> Thanks for being a good sport, Andy. <laughs> anyway, I'll practice my, uh, my British accent later. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add on? Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is pretty cut and dry. Yeah, I guess yeah. you. I guess uh, here's here's a question for you, Brian. Sure. Uh, would you would you consider keg hopping a beer again? I'd give it a shot if I had the right gear. Like if I had the these mic these mesh screens and that. Yeah, definitely. Especially since uh, you, you could potentially do some. Um, Fresh hops, but oh, you know what? Real quick, another thing to think of is like we were talking about gritty beer, adding these hops. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose a bunch of beer. Oh, because it's going to yeah, absorb into get, the... yeah, absorbed in. Like I didn't even think about that until I saw. I was looking and there's this picture of these fresh hops in this like really old ass corny keg. Um, yeah, I forget that you lose quite a bit of yeah of yeah. actual beer beer doing all that. Um, shitting around. So honestly, yes, I would to try it. Um, and if I were a home brewer and I had, and I had the coin, um, yeah, I would, I mean, you know how I feel about IP- IPA is like, you know, that's, that's yeah. it's like IPA and German lager and then Belgians and that's about it. Like mm-hmm. everything. I mean, lagers too. So I like everything then fine. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say like the majority of the time I, Drink hoppy beer, and if we're talking about music, the majority of the time is heavy metal. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm <laughs> I, I'm on the fence. Um, it's a lot. It's, it's I guess it if is. if I had if I had everything, um, I run into a problem here where we don't go through beer super fast uh, because we're pulling in a lot of yeah. like commercial beer for the shows and stuff, and it's not just homebrew on tap. So like, and that's so interesting because, you know, we we can go like 10 feet away and there's like always beer on tap. But for some reason, we always fish through and drink this ran- the rando stuff that's on a lot of the shows all the time. Yeah. You know? I don't know why. I don't know either. I, like, so during the week, I drink homebrew. Yeah. And then during showtimes, like, is when I'm oh, drinking commercial. I feel like I, if if I was here more often during the week, I would probably be yeah. just pulling off your Well, you tab. know, somebody moved far away. So. <laughs> somebody needed some peace and quiet in the woods. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, we got another Andy. Hey, Andy Thompson. Also Andy Thompson. All right. Um... But yeah, so I that's that's my biggest like hold back on keg hopping is we don't go through beer fast enough and it's gonna after a week, maybe two, it's gonna get vegetal. And oh God, yeah. I'm not gonna wanna drink that. No. So and it's a it's a fun novelty for a party or whatever, but honestly, if you wanna break it down, just like get yourself yep. that Randall or Hop Rocket. I don't know. The the investment could 
probably be comparable. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to end up with a lot more waste with a Randall or a Hop Rocket. Yeah. But for the event that you're doing it with, I think it'd be fun. Plus, you can switch mm-hmm. it out. Be like, oh, this uh, this time I just want to, like, I want to Randall a bunch of Mateka or I want to Randall a bunch of Saws or whatever. Is that how we're and, saying that now, Mateka? I don't know. I'm just, like, that's how. That's didn't we Didn't we make that? Isn't there that in the in our. Motuka, Mateka, <laughs> Motuka. What, are, what did we make? I don't. I don't speak Maori. I don't. I don't know. No, like, no. What uh, beer did we make last week? It was oh, the the cold tropical cold, barley wine. Didn't we put matuka, matuka? Mat- yeah, matika. Mm-hmm. Did we put? Yeah, that's in there. Yep, that's in there. Yeah, that and uh, strata. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Beer. I'm really excited about that beer too. <laughs> Thanks to Bjorn, we're once again doing something wacky. <laughs> All right, let's All right. Uh, let's wrap this show up sure. so we can do the next one. Yes, sir. All right, guys. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blinderstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/blinderstudios, or you can follow us on Instagram at blinderstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.